0: The US recession is likely in six to nine months, and he warned the downturn threatened to spark panic in credit markets and wipe an additional 20% from the value of US stocks. And ARC's Cathy Wood, the well known technology investor, She's written an open letter to the Fed saying it was risking an economic bust. I think she sees the Fed as being the manager of the stock markets. Barry's <laughs> Well
1: that's right. Isn't that true, Peter? Because here's Kathy Wood investing in all these high tech and high flying stocks. I mean, obviously she must be getting lots of calls from her clients. Look, the answer to your question, Peter, about the Fed and whether it could in fact, you know, pause that's really the question on everybody's mind. But the Fed is acting so unanimously in terms of saying we will stick with it until we win on inflation. So, you know, there's no sign that the Fed is going to, to modi- modify its stance. I think there is some concern about whether the, the problem in the, in the bond market in Britain which surfaced and, and, and is still with us, with the Bank of England intervening again, there's a fear that if that spreads, I think the Fed could maybe pause. Mm. But otherwise, I think the Fed is full steam ahead.
0: that's right, well, thank whatever you. Whatever
1: that means, who... Sorry.
0: Yep. Sorry, Barry. We've run out of time, but thank you very much for, for that. That's our international economics correspondent, Barry Wood. You also heard Mark Michelson, chairman of the Asia CEO Forum at IMA Asia. Martin Hennicker, head of Asia Investment Advisory at St. James's Place Wealth Management.
2: You're listening to Money Talk on
0: RTHK Radio 3 quick look at Asian stock markets the ASX 200 in Australia is flat at the moment the Nikkei 225 in Japan down about a quarter of a percent the Cosby in South Korea is off a quarter of a percent looks like the Hang Seng is going to fall another 100 points or so at the open I'll be back tomorrow morning at eight o'clock stay tuned for back chats with Janice Wong and Andrew Work after the news Weather forecast: sunny, cooler in the morning, very dry during the day, maximum temperature about 29 degrees, cloudier tomorrow and fine in the next couple of days. Uh, there is a red fire danger warning in force: 23 degrees, 44% relative humidity.
2: 8:32, Barry O'Rourke has the half-hour news. The Education Bureau has been urged to revise its guidelines on school flag-raising ceremonies to give more details on penalties. Mervin Cheung, the chairman of the Hong Kong education policy concern organisation, was commenting after 14 students were suspended for three days for failing to turn up to a flag ceremony. Mr Chern called the suspension drastic, saying such action should be a last resort. He told RTHK that a full investigation was needed on the reasons for the students' behaviour.
3: I think the EDB should consider revising the circular that they issued last year and be more specific with the penalties for non-compliance. Now, for instance, there might be variations in a degree of severity between negligence and deliberate defiance on the part of the students. So the level of penalties should also differ. And then just suspension from
4: classes should be the last resort.
2: NASA says its mission to change the course of an asteroid was a success. Two weeks ago, a fridge-sized spacecraft known as a DART impactor was deliberately smashed into an asteroid millions of kilometers from the Earth. The US space agency says the orbit of the rock, called Dimorphos, around another asteroid was shortened as a result. Here's NASA Administrator Bill Nelson.
4: Now this is a watershed moment for planetary defense and a watershed moment for humanity. And that's why it was fitting that DART was an international endeavour. Science benefits humanity. This is a unifying mission.
2: G7 leaders say irresponsible nuclear rhetoric risks global peace and security and have reaffirmed that any use of chemical, biological or nuclear weapons by Russia would be met with severe consequences. The leaders made their statement after an emergency virtual meeting in response to missile and drone strikes across Ukraine this week. The Ukrainian president, Volodymyr Zelensky, was also at the meeting.
4: I thank everyone who
5: has already helped us secure our air defense system, which allows us to neutralize some of the Russian missiles and drones. But according to our intelligence, Russia has ordered 2,400 Shahid drones from Iran. And that's why it's important that we have sufficient missiles for the air defense and anti-missile
2: systems. And back locally, a 68-year-old man has died after being hit by a car in Tai Po while crossing the road. The incident happened at about 6.30pm yesterday as the car was heading towards Tai Wo Estate along Tinkok Road. The man suffered serious head injuries and was rushed to Prince of Wales Hospital before being certified dead about three hours later. The driver, who is 61, has been arrested for dangerous driving causing death. He is being detained by police for inquiries. And finally, the British-born actress Angela Lansbury has died in Los Angeles at the age of 96. In a career spanning almost eight decades, she won numerous awards on stage and screen. She became best known for playing a detective in Murder, she wrote. And there'll be more news on the hour from RTHK.
6: Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Janice Wong.
5: And I'm Andrew Work. On today's program, we're looking at the chief executive's first 100 days in the top job ahead of his maiden policy address next Wednesday. John
6: Lee has scrapped hotel quarantines and scaled back anti-COVID measures, but is maintaining a cautious approach to the city's overall pandemic strategy. He has also promised to include suggestions from his task forces on land supply and public housing into his
5: policy address. What do you think of his performance so far? Is he delivering on his campaign promises to build a results-driven government? What are you hoping for in his first policy address?
6: After 9.15, we'll get reaction to the high court hitting the pause button on the government's plan to invalidate around 20,000 COVID-19 vaccination exemption certificates issued by doctors accused of fraud.
5: All right, let us know what you think. You can leave us a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us at backchat at rthk.hk or please give us a call at 233 Janice.
6: Now to kick off our discussion this morning, we have on the line James Soong, the founding director of the Progress and Perfection Research Institute, Andrew Lamb, Election Committee Law Maker and Alan Zeeman, the chairman of the Lan Kwai Fong Group. Good morning to you all, and thank you for joining us on the program. Now let's uh, go to you first, Dr. Sung. Um, how would you describe the first 100 days over the John Lee administration?
4: Uh, I think uh, overall speaking, uh, the performance is fine. Uh, he's a quick learner. He know how to manage uh, the government's uh, affairs. Uh, with a uh, strong push for reopening of the border, which was welcomed by the business sector. And uh, he's supposed to have uh, better explanation to the people of Hong Kong uh, where uh, and how there will be a concrete roadmap for the city's return to normalcy. This is what the people expected. Uh, I think this is all the thing that... Uh, he should uh, provide a good answer to the city.
6: Right. Now, you mentioned uh, the, uh, the strong push on the reopening of the border. Would you say um, that's the uh, chief executive's biggest achievement so far? I mean, the scrapping of uh, some of the travel restrictions. Dr. Song?
4: Oh, yeah. I think uh, uh, actually he's speeding up the... Uh, the uh, the reopening of the border with a a new scheme called uh, 0 plus 3 which is uh, much better but uh, in order to speeding up further uh, from 0 plus 3 to 0 plus 0 I think uh, it's a little bit uh, (laughs) rushing so uh, in order to have a uh, incremental approach I think uh, 0 plus 3 for another 2 or 3 more which will be uh, better. Mm-hmm. I, I, agree, I agree with uh, uh, John.
6: All right. Mr. Zeman, what do you think?
4: Well,
7: um, I just you know, it's, it's been in, in uh, power basically almost three and a half months, which is a very, very short time. And when I think back to the last three years to the previous administration, Hong Kong was basically isolated during those years. And uh, in three and a half months, they basically opened up Hong Kong. The zero plus three has been a, a great leap forward. I was in Singapore. Just I just came back on Saturday. Oh, um, me too. Two, <laughs> yeah, I was there for two conferences. Uh, you know, the Forbes conference and the Melkin conference. And and uh, you know, it's it's uh, coming back. This zero plus three. Um, it really is a non-event. I can you know I'm, I'm blue again. I can go out. I can. Go to restaurants. Um, it really uh, gives you an, <laughs> a new lease on life. Remember what Hong Kong was all about. So he promised. You know, the good thing is he listens. He listens to people. Uh, uh, he's promised things. He's working together. He's got a good team. Uh, you know, talk, talk about housing, which is a huge problem for Hong Kong. And and I know that the government is looking at that uh, very diligently. The northern metropolis. Uh, all these things, he's got the confidence of, of uh, Beijing. Um, you know, talking about reverse quarantine for opening the border with the mainland, which is very, very important to Hong Kong and Hong Kong businesses and Hong Kong people. Um, I think I think that's really uh, another achievement. You know, just the airport, arriving back at the airport. I mean, in the old days, people complained about being there for four or five hours after a long trip and, and going through so many procedures now people, it's 15 minutes to go through the airport. It's like the old days. I was on the airport authority for seven years, and I can tell you it's a breath of fresh air. I was
5: And, um, yeah, I came back on Saturday too. Singapore for for the Token Twenty Forty Nine conference, and then Formula One. Uh, little side trip to Bangkok in the way back. But I mean, it, it's great for Hong Kongers now that yeah, can come back and take an amber for three days. Yeah. Um, but of course, we want to we want to get those tourists back. Hopefully, in time for the uh, you know some of the big conferences that are coming in the Rugby yeah. Sevens. Uh, what do you what do you anticipate on that front in the next few weeks? We're going to hit that target. Yeah, I think we might like
7: listen. We were surprised with zero plus three it is full of surprises. They know that, uh, obviously... I think uh, um, it's, you know, you were in Singapore, and Singapore is really a city on steroids at the moment. Oh, man. But, uh, it still is very good to be back in Hong Kong. I was thinking about it. It's still kind of almost like a, a town that's going up uh, quickly, but uh, Hong Kong
3: is still a great
5: place. Yeah, Andrew Lam, uh, you know, Alan references this this big meeting that we've got going on in Beijing. I mean, presumably the policy address is, is written at this point. Do you think anything that could happen in Beijing over the next week or so would, would result in a fine-tuning of the policy address or any, any amendments to it? Uh, I don't really think that we should put uh,
3: our, our stake on just, you know, responding to what Beijing is going to, to say in the next uh, week or so. Uh, I think at the end of the day, uh, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, Hong Kong is not a democracy town. And uh, reopening our border uh, is just one very minor thing. And I think we have a lot more challenges on our plate uh, as an in international city. So uh, I think the key thing uh, is not about uh, the past or the present. Uh, it's about how we actually set a agenda for, our, for the future. Now, uh, regarding a uh, lot of, you know, uh, public policies, uh, which are within every citizen, do have high hope uh, on policy address, uh, whether incremental or dramatic, and the key thing is about certainty. And I think uh, what Alan said has uh, kind of reflected uh, quite a bit of you know, what the business uh, sector uh, think about, and, and a lot of us as well. Uh, so uh, it's a matter of uh, portraying uh, a clear picture for each and every one of us mm. and different sectors on, you know, what's upcoming and such that we can plan for it. And uh, and I, I think we have a lot to catch up with, uh, it's just simply beyond COVID, uh, about uh, the overall uh, economic recovery. And uh, unfortunately. Uh, the, the one of the key challenges that when we talk about tourists, uh, you know, Hong Kong is not a cheap place to visit because of, you know, the, the ever-rising U.S. Uh, currency. So these are all those uh, factors, you know, um, affecting our at the least immediate future in the next you know, year or so. And I, I think uh, the government simply uh, has to kind of make it very clear to not just, you know, within Hong Kong, but, you know, uh, to the world. When we talk about, uh, you know, regaining confidence and regaining, you know, competitiveness uh, uh, to be a regional leader.
6: All right. Mr. Seaman, just now Mr. Lam was talking about uh, regaining competitiveness. Do you think the the current zero plus three arrangement is enough uh, to uh, help Hong Kong regain its competitiveness?
7: Well, it's a step to regaining the competitiveness. Uh, as we can see, uh, about 70, the airports has had about 70 percent more uh, out, out, out of counters coming to Hong Kong than in the past. Um, you know, so it, it's it's step by step. Obviously, zero plus zero uh, when joined up with everywhere else. Of Andrew was in Singapore and Thailand. It's the saying, you know, it's it's uh, things are back to normal. No one mm-hmm. even discusses, uh, you know, the virus. But uh, Hong Kong is still pragmatic. Uh, what Andrew says uh, is, is is correct. There's a lot of problems ahead, more so than just the border. Uh, either, you know, because of our peg to the U.S. dollar, you know, U.S. interest rates will continue to. Keep going up. They want to tag inflation uh, if they can, and unfortunately, we're, we go along for the ride with it, and it, it causes a lot of problems for a lot of people. Uh, uh, the, uh, the real estate market, will, of course, is slow down right now. Um, economically, uh, people are, are are out of jobs. You know, it, 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 there's this, uh, it, it's not a great economy, and the government, of course, will have its hands full for, for the. Uh, as, and says for the future, we're uh, looking at uh, how we can mitigate some of these problems and and uh, you know the, the Paul Chan's uh, uh, ability to to get over two hundred bankers here uh, is is the first step at least to get our, to get the confidence back the reputation back to the world. You know Hong Kong's reputation has been damaged tremendously the last three, four years about uh, you know about who we are and what we are. And of course, uh, you know, because we are part of China now and the U.S. and China uh, 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 spat <laughs> between the two countries, uh, you know, we're collateral damage along long. And, and so, the, you know, we, we have to really repair that reputation and really by the more con- inventions the more conferences we can have in hong kong once people come and see for themselves that things have not changed and 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 we are it's, if it has changed it's changed for the better and and, and that's economically that's what life is all about
6: in hong kong all right i have a, a comment here from kim She says um, zero plus three is fine for hong kong residents but all it's doing is affording us the freedom to travel and spend our money outside of hong kong tourists aren't going to come until all restrictions are removed pcr tests in day two four and six still come on and for heaven's sake stop calling it a zero plus zero. Zero is zero nothing stop confusing people and uh, that uh, comment is from kim so um mr lam w- w- do you agree with uh, what kim is just saying as well uh, here i mean like this zero plus three arrangement won't be doing much for our econ- economy i mean that's something you were saying is very important for for hong kong to address
3: well i, I think the the key thing is not about zero plus what it is about uh, i think the message Now, incremental approach is very different from, you know, grouping our way across the river. Uh, I don't really think that any one of us will feel comfortable uh, if the government cannot share with us uh, a plan and a clear way ahead. And it's just responding to, you know, uh, the number of, uh, you know, incidents or, you know, uh, problems uh, every day. And uh, I think we we all need that uh, map. Uh, and to tell us, you know, how to kind of map out our life, um, may it be traveling out or traveling in. Uh, so to me, uh, the the real concern is not about you know how we how long we're we going to stick with zero plus three, or you know by you know end end of the month or end of next next month we'll come to zero. Uh, it is a total package that we have to offer right. to everyone.
6: Dr. Song, uh, what what do you think? I mean, do you think a clear roadmap to normalcy is uh, important? I mean, is it important that we see it in the upcoming policy address? And if we don't, I mean, what sort of impact will it have on on uh, John Lee's governance?
4: Yeah, definitely uh, the policy speech has to uh, provide a roadmap uh, how Hong Kong should return to normalcy because uh, this is not just uh, a matter for the tourism Or any other uh, uh, sector but for the whole city um, schooling is important Uh, especially uh, the children would like to have a full day schooling rather than part-time and uh, wife would go to shopping Uh, family would like to enjoy a dinner during the weekend so everything people were looking for enormously but how we can achieve that uh, the government have to provide an answer Although uh, housing and land uh, is very important, as uh, John uh, promised at day one, that uh, this is one of the most important policies he's going to address, but uh, democracy in city life is also important. But I would like to point out that uh, we are waiting for the uh, message directly from central government after the National Party's Congress because um, in terms of geopolitical changes, the russia ukraine war is on the way, even uh, this is a threat to not just the whole world, but also to uh, Hong Kong. So there's a lot of uncertainty. We are waiting for an analysis and some instruction directly from the policy uh, speech by President Xi. Uh, After that, we know uh, how we should react to the, uh, the geopolitical changes and how Hong Kong can work better. I think John also waiting for this kind of messages.
5: I mean, is there not also a, perhaps should be more of a focus on, we've talked about competitiveness, and competitiveness really goes to what you do at home, not not really a broader uh, geopolitical thing. I mean, if John Lee wants to get serious about making Hong Kong more competitive, it'll mostly be... Policies directed at Hong Kong, things like our taxation levels, things like reducing okay. red tape in the economy, that you know don't really have a lot to do with what's happening in Beijing. Would, would it be fair to say that if he's going to get this city back on a competitive track, that those oh, are think, the areas he should the,
4: focus on? Uh, the central authority would like Hong Kong to be more actively to go overseas to attract more talents and enterprise to come to Hong Kong because of will really financial. Center of Asia, so I think the central government would like Hong Kong be more active, be more energetic to go overseas to tell the Hong Kong story. That's exactly uh, the responsibility of the, uh, of John Lee and his uh, governing team.
5: Yeah, but at the same time, they probably need to have the policies to back those up. Like I said, in areas <laughs> of taxation yes. and regulation, and and those are things that start at home, right? Yes, A- Andrew Lam.
3: Oh yes, uh, I, I think I, I'm really worried about the mindset if, if we, uh, you know, keep, you know, saying that we have to wait until, you know, what uh, President Xi is going to say uh, in, in coming days. Well, actually, what he has raised that very clear and, and loudly, uh slightly over 100 days uh, ago when he came to Hong Kong to, to celebrate the, the return. Uh, And I I think there is no uh, kind of uh, uh, hurdles in uh, stopping Hong Kong from resuming its role as a regional leader, uh, at least uh, as a major economic driver uh, uh, within China and in the region. Mm -hmm. And we we just have to get our plan set uh, to go for that. I don't really think that uh, we should actually wait for any messages. Uh, I, I'm not saying that there won't be any impact in particular uh, about refining the details, but the general direction is very clear and all the positions uh, 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 or, or major role of Hong Kong has uh, been set in the 14th uh, five-year plan already. So. Uh, when we talk about uh, you know uh, going back to path to normalcy and we know very well what's normalcy and you know uh, I don't really think uh, that uh, we should actually kind of spend uh, more time and rethinking rethinking is uh, a matter of getting our mechanism uh, you know uh, work and putting together our efforts to make things happen you know mm. uh, As you mentioned uh, right at the beginning of this program, you know, it's result-driven. And uh, we all expect, you know, uh, the uh, upcoming policy address will tell us, you know, what result uh, was expected by CEO and his team. And, And that's all.
5: Yeah, talk about competitiveness. if We're going to bring people in. <clears throat> we got to go with what Hong Kong has been famous for for decades, and those are restaurants and nightlife, which have been you know really badly hit during the whole COVID thing. Uh, Alan Zeman, what do you want from the policy address? We we couldn't get through having you on the show without asking you what you think should be the policy address on restaurants <laughs> and nightlife. Uh,
7: I think I think that's. Very important. I mean, Hong Kong itself, we need tourism back very, very desperately. I mean, you know, we in the past we used to have 60 or 70 million tourists a year, uh, and, and that's a lot. And that really helped the retail business, helped restaurants, helped uh, life Get back as as uh, Kim had said when he used, uh, earlier. You know, uh, a lot of people now with the zero plus three. Of course, it gives the people, uh, local people, a chance to leave Hong Kong, which they haven't done in three years. Uh, but spend money abroad. We need incoming money. You know, uh, and, and that's very important for restaurants. Uh, uh, bars, especially clubs, uh, you know, right now, uh, they've got to go back to normal. I'm, uh, you know, clubs have to finish at 2 a.m. They start at 11 uh, p.m. You know, I've got three hours of business. Uh, many of them can't survive. They can't pay rent. Uh, uh, it's, you know, can't pay staff salaries. It's a problem for them. And so we have to really get back to the old days where it's At least 4 a.m. you know let them uh, work at 4 a.m. restaurants really should be open till 2 a.m. because some of them have bar licenses and I know many people don't understand that but uh, closing at midnight uh, for some is a problem as well that two hours extra of business will help a lot. I think these are things that uh, hopefully in the policy address, uh, uh, you know, the health minister will address, the health department will address, and, and, and really now that uh, the section numbers are, are down um that, that we we can slowly get back to normal so business so life could get back to normal
5: yeah D- we're not being ambitious enough i mean come on dust till dawn 24 hours nightclub uh that that's <laughs> well, hong kong that's just, hong I kong step style by
7: step. I, go, I agree with you but i'm step by step you <clears throat> know so unfortunately the health department is very conservative you know and so you, you've got to gain their confidence and 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 uh realistically so i mean i'd love 24 hours like that was Hong Kong. You're right. Yeah. Hong Kong. yeah. It was party time <laughs> all the time. But uh, yeah, we've got to get that back. And, and, and it's really important for retail business, for shopping. Uh, you know, we can't just depend on coupons, uh, you know, where the government giving out subsidies to uh, residents. You know, I mean, that's okay, but that's our own money coming back to us to be spent again in the economy. We need outside money to come back into Hong Kong. So, so that businesses really can survive and Hong Kong's reserves can continue to to go up rather than get depleted.
6: All right. So I have a very uh, I have an email here. Let's just uh, quickly read through this before the news. Um, it's from James. He says, "Let's not forget that John Lee's recent performance has to be set against the very low bar that was uh, Carrie Lam's awful administration. So of course he'll look better in the face of that debacle." rather his next 100 days is really where we should be ju- judging him and the longer he sticks to the zero plus three and other nonsensical covid policies with no roadmap the longer we will continue to be ridiculed around the world with real tourists and revenue staying away and uh, that is from james and uh well um we're we're running out of time because we have to take a break for the news um thanks again for joining us this morning um that's uh that was uh, an uh and mr Zeman speaking as earlier to us earlier. Alan Zeman, the chairman of the Langkawi Fong Group, and also Andrew Lam, the Election and Committee Lawmaker, and uh, Dr. Sung, We can continue our discussion after the news when we will be joined by Si Shan, a deputy director of the Society for Community Organisation, and uh, after 15 Dean, we will be looking at the High Court's decision to push on hold the invalidation by the government of around 20,000 COVID-19 vaccination exemption certificates issued by doctors accused of fraud. Now, if you have any comments or questions, uh, you can leave a message on our Facebook page. chat on RTHA Radio 3 or call us on 233-88266. And a quick look at the weather. Um, fine and very dry during the day with a top temperature of around 29 degrees, winds, moderate to fresh northeasterlies and uh, the outlook cloudier tomorrow. Right now it's 23 degrees.
2: You're listening to the news on RTHK.
6: Welcome back. This is Back Chat on a Wednesday morning with Andrew Work and me, Janice Wong. This morning, we're looking at the chief executive's first 100 days in on the, the top job ahead of his maiden policy address next Wednesday. Still with us on the program is James Soong, the founding director of the Progress and Perfection Research Institute. And joining us now is C. Lai Shan, the deputy director of uh, the Society for Community Organization. Good morning, Miss C.
8: Hey, good
6: morning. Now, um, before I me, mean, at the start of our discussion, um, we, we talked about uh, how well the John Lee administration was doing, and uh, all our guests, including uh, Doctor Song, who's still with us, he said we need we need a clear roadmap to normalcy, and uh, we need to focus on competition and attract more talent. Um, Missy, how would you rate the uh, John Lee administration so far? Uh, actually,
8: we conduct a survey. Uh, um Around two two months ago, uh, about our um, those um, underprivileged, their expectation or how they grade or um, performance of uh, the CE and actually they give their mark around ten is a full mark, and then they give around six, seven, six point seven something like that. And uh, we found actually they they, they uh, give more mark uh, actually the the is higher than the average of the uh Hong Kong people. Yeah. I think they have much more expectation and of course we also hope they uh, and he can um have more um policy to help the um poverty issue, housing issue. Um so and then we uh, also have a um ask the priority of the those underprivileged they hope to the, see the government to handle with. So they are, um, they leave the priority. Um, housing and land is the top priority and open the border and also the education. Um, those are there, um, the uh, high priority of the
5: people. Yeah, but housing and education are always high priorities in Hong Kong. I mean, opening the border yeah, is a specific yes. policy, but what specific policies uh, have you lobbied for or would you like to see in this policy address?
8: Um, they hope they, they have a KPI on housing. For example, every year there should be uh thirty five thousand supply of public housing for those that are living in uh inadequate housing such as cage homes to those are the flats. And then there should be um they hope that, uh the the government they also have a uh uh KPI for those education, they have the subsidy for the uh, our children and then also the poverty population will be dropped, and uh, in, uh, certain periods. So this is their, they have their expectation
6: right now now the uh, the chief executive uh, in his Facebook post on a Saturday marking his one hundredth day in office, he he promised uh, he would include suggestions in his maiden policy address um, mm-hmm. next Wednesday to push for land and housing projects with speed, efficiency, quantity, and quality messio um, mm-hmm. what, what i mean what can we expect do you think uh, i don't know
8: actually uh, uh, um, before that the, the uh, uh, um and they said they already uh, have far all the land um, to build enough public housing but actually the, um, the, you know they already have the issue of the offending uh, golf field and then there are many against that they, they want to uh, uh, overturn the, the decision and um, so, so that is already a problem and uh, we think actually um, the original carry are uh, uh, marked the land actually is still not enough to uh, uh, fulfill the, the needs of the people. So I think the new government, they should um, uh, more actively to find more land and to secure uh, the, the supply. And besides, um, they should uh, faster the process how to build public uh, housing and uh, even increase the supply of uh, social housing. And I think there are still plenty of land they can develop. And there are also many uh, <clears throat> organisation or expertise They find some land for the government to consider to how to disrupt it.
6: And, and there have been talk about uh, using the Kaitak isolation facility as a uh, transitional housing. Mm-hmm. Uh, would that would that would that help much?
8: Um, of course, there would be help, help a little bit because Kaitak is in urban area, and and I'm as a lawyer I think it is have individual individual facility, for example they have the individual toilet so i think it would be okay for those people they they move in uh, but of course we we need to see um, whether they still have the quarantine policy or how is the uh, uh, development of the covid 19 um but i think urban area will be uh, uh, good for the uh, for the uh, family and to move in
6: all right, Dr. Song, um, what do you think of what uh, Ms. C was just saying? I mean, she says the uh, um, government needs to do more to find more land, but then the, go- the chief executive in his Facebook post, he says uh, um, he will push for land and housing projects with speed, efficiency, quantity, and quality. Um, so so w- what do you think we can expect from the policy address on, on this issue?
4: Uh, I think uh, John uh, set up a very high standard <laughs> uh, at the quality more so uh, it's quite ideal type from a social science uh, perspective uh, it's quite ideal so it's up to uh, how you define uh, the quality as uh, we see that uh, it's, it's no easy task so uh, we have to wait uh, for the policy switch how uh, the housing uh, Bureau explained to the general public that uh, how many years we should waiting for a uh, larger uh, housing a uh, more space for the people living in and uh, how long should we wait for as right now the public housing waiting time is more than uh 6.1 year <laughs> it's getting longer and longer so people are looking for uh a, a speedy uh process uh so i i don't know i really don't know so uh First, to get the land, the land, uh, the land uh, acquiring is uh, it's quite difficult. Uh, how to make full use of the brown brown field? Uh, this is a, a more challenges to the government because in new territories, suppose there would be more uh, brown field for uh, building housing. So uh, yes, it's, a, it's quite a challenging. But I would like to add one more thing to uh, reopening the border. I know many of the uh, Hong Kong family. They want to go to mainland, uh, to Guangdong especially, but they have to wait for uh, a new message from the central government whether uh, the quarantine uh, procedure could be uh, shortening up. Uh, because the Guangdong uh, province, they are more concerned about uh, Hong Kong's uh, problem because uh, the infection level right now is still at a high Level of uh, 4,000 a day, so they feel uh, uneasy about uh, this kind of thing. But I know more grassroots people are really waiting, want to have a family <clears throat> reunion uh, in, in the coming Lunar New Year, so they are waiting for a good message from John uh, after the policy speech.
5: Yeah, but I mean, he doesn't really control that, does he? Because I mean, we had Michael Tian on the show some months ago, and he explained that there were three doors that had to open the national level. The provincial Guangdong level and then the municipal level in Shenzhen and, and Tuhai, and all three of those jurisdictions basically had to agree that uh, you know that to open the border, and that's a lot of doors to open all at the same time, <laughs> and it just was not going to happen. They
4: want to have a uh, good message from President Xi after the National Party congress that yes, uh, Guangdong should uh, speed up we're opening a border for Hong Kong people to go for family reunion, for business, something like
5: that. And, and how about for mainland Chinese people in Hong Kong who want to go back? I mean, I understand there's, there's quite a few of them in Hong Kong in hotels here right now that can't get their name in the daily quota for people that are trying to cross the border. I mean, is there any hope for, for mainland Chinese citizens that want to go back, get back into China?
4: Yeah, of course. There's a lot of uh, students study in Hong Kong from mainland, from Guangdong, or from Zhejiang, or from Beijing. They really want to go back to visit uh, and to see their their parents. Uh, so they are still waiting for. So so there's a, a quite a number of uh, Hong Kong's people uh, waiting for good
8: messages.
6: Right. So, see so what is the situation like? I mean, and just now, Dr. Sun was talking about uh, how there are many families here who, who are hoping to go... Yeah, yeah.
8: Actually, we have um, uh, uh, many people there. They, they are hoping they are open borrow because they are different situations. For example, they are relatives. Um, their are old parents in mainland China. Either they have a uh, mainland or they are actually the Hong Kong people and then they go back to retire in mainland. And then, actually, they will visit them frequently. Uh, but because the cross border and they cannot go and they sick and they or they're serious sick they, or uh, even cancer and so they need to take care of them. So, um that's a problem and then the others are some of them even their whole Whole family, they are uh, um, Hong Kong person, and then they they actually um, one of them they actually they come to Hong Kong and, and mainland every day to work in Hong Kong. So because the cross border, and then the mother or the, the father, they they have to stay in Hong Kong. They separate for over almost uh, three years. Um, they cannot see each other because of the cross border, and mm. then all those. Um, uh, uh, Cross-border marriage, and um, um, most of them they are women. They are two-way payment and then they need to apply for the one-way permit because they are already over four years, uh, or get the one-way permit. So there's so many things, and but for those on the privilege, they can afford the time to apply for leave because many of their bosses will not allow you for a long time. For, they or they actually they can afford their money to pay for the uh, quarantine and their hotel? Those of everything. Mm-hmm. So, so, so actually, they, when we are talking about the priority, they they want the government to do it. Um, open the border is is really high priority of those under
6: Right. And, and Dr. so I just want to go back to this email that I read out uh, right before the news from James. And uh, he, he was talking about how uh, John Lee's uh, recent performance has to be set against the very low bar. That was uh, Carrie Lam's awful administration. Um, I didn't get to ask you to react to that. Uh, what is your view on that? I mean, you, you said uh, John Lee's uh, first 100 days was fine. He's doing pretty well. Um, but is it because uh, you know you're, you're comparing it against uh, the previous government?
4: Oh, uh, uh, because uh, uh, he tried to uh, wait for the right time to deliver a strong uh, policy speech. So he uh, accumulates some kind of energy, waiting for uh, October 19. <laughs> uh, so so far, he tried to visit uh, more places. Uh, to uh, communicate with a uh, different sector of Hong Kong rather than speak too much about the future policy uh, this is his, his uh, uh, strategy uh, for example, he visit uh, and communicate with more chamber of commerce, uh, more uh, community organization and listening to what people waiting, and then provide some kind of uh, Uh, hope for the uh, people rather than speak too clear about uh, his future uh, policy. I think this is quite uh, smart because uh, people understand that uh, John is still uh, learning how to govern. He has no uh, uh, strong uh, 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 experience in that area because he's a a, a professional police uh, before so, compare with uh, Kerry Lamb, uh, people uh, would would like to give um, a great spirit to uh, John uh, for quite some time, but so he, time's up. So he's <laughs> <It's> he's, <coming. laughs>
5: he's, he's like a, he's like a, he says it was a police officer, he's like a detective. He's got to gather all the evidence before he uh, makes his case. Um, I can I can speak. I've been involved in some of those those chambers of commerce, and I mean, there is a real sense that there is a listening going on now, and I guess listening and then acting is preferable to acting without listening. Uh, so probably that's the right thing. But like you said, the policy address is coming up. Um, we're looking to get back on, you know, strictly on the policy address. What other specific measures? We've talked about housing. We've talked about opening the border. Uh, Health care, education, see Shan, you said education was a big priority. What specific measures are you looking for yeah, in the I education sector?
8: Yeah, I think um. um, the, the, um because the, the family and they they already uh, suffering, they need to pay uh, many many expenditure in this education. Um, uh, uh, for example, the um, the student finance assistance is not enough, and they they, to, they need to pay to cover their books, their uh, school uniform is not enough, and then also that the, because of COVID-19, they are uh, online cars and then they are the children actually they cannot catch up with the curriculum of their school and then they need to pay for the tutorial costs and so um so they they feel they, the education subsidy is really um not enough they hope they are more subsidy for the uh, children to learn more to catch up with their um Requirement of the uh, school, that is very important.
5: What what kind of subsidy? Because I mean, sometimes they give out the school subsidies, and all the schools and tutorial centers just raise their prices.
8: No, actually, actually, they, 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 they uh, not many schools, They have the tutorial cost and then the tutorial cost uh, quotation is the co- the quota is uh, 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 very limited. So many of them, they need to pay to private tutor, and it's very really Expenses and beyond their capability, and some of them even then they skip give meals to pay for this for the children. So um, they, so so the children also their their academic performance uh, um, are, are, is um, uh, very bad uh, compared before COVID nineteen. So so that is they they very concerned. And besides, actually before COVID nineteen they already have we have the whole person's Uh, development policy in school and the the children, they need to learn uh, the sports, arts, everything to be herbersome and everything you need to pay for that.
4: Actually, uh, many schools are tackling many hot potatoes. For example, there's the uh, lacking of uh, sufficient teachers and uh, lots of program changes. Uh, so, this school uh, have to deal with lots of challenges so if you apply uh, the kPI to education as uh, John said uh, uh, quantity, not just uh uh, just quantity, but also quality, as a real yeah. challenge. So we have to wait for <laughs> the education bureau to explain to the uh, general public.
6: Right. And, and Dr. Sung, just just finally, looking ahead, what what do you think are the main challenges uh, that will be faced by John Lee in in the uh, in the coming year? I mean, in, in the rest of this year. I mean, we we talked about travel restrictions, we talked about uh, um, housing problems, and uh, we haven't even got time to talk about the expected deficit yet. So, I mean, what do you think will be his main challenges
4: you you mean the deficit uh, the spending the public spending
8: yeah
4: oh yeah I think that's a a, a big amount of uh, money to put into the welfare and education area. Uh, I I think Paul Chan, the financial secretary, still uh, uh, have some kind of uh, 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 resources to uh, put into uh, the society for those Uh, areas, but uh, he has to wait for uh, the policy speech, uh, the the reaction from the general public, and then he would uh, deliver some of the uh, financial support to uh, the
6: society. All right, uh, Dr. Soong, we have to leave it here for now. Thanks again for joining us this morning. That's uh, James Soong, the founding director of the Progress and Perfection Research Institute. Many thanks also to Silei Shan, the deputy director of the uh, Society for Community Organization.
2: You're listening to Backchat. Call us on 233 266 and have your say.
6: It's now 20 minutes past nine on VACChat and it's uh, time to move on to our second topic today and it's about the High Court hitting the pause button on the government's plan to invalidate around 20,000 COVID-19 vaccination exemption certificates issued by doctors accused of fraud. To comment on this, we're now joined by Alex Lam, the chairman of Hong Kong Patients Voices. Good morning, Mr Lam.
9: Good morning.
6: Thanks for joining us on the programme. So first of all, what do you make of the court's decision?
9: I I basically welcome the decision because, uh, uh, according to the judgment, it seems that the the hearing judge uh, uh, accept that um, there is a strong argument as to whether the, the Secretary for Health has the power to to impose such a policy <clears throat> or a decision to invalidate those uh, 20,000 uh, exemption certificates? Uh, because uh, in in his uh, analysis uh, and and with reference to the law, it seems there's, there's no such power for for the, uh, the the secretary to invoke making those uh, 20,000 exemption actually invalid and. Um, and because yesterday's hearing is a short hearing, uh, a, a, around 30, 30 minutes uh, so the, the, the case will be adjourned to the 20th this month for a substantive hearing and, uh, and the government will be sending a city council to, to represent the secretary uh, in the hearing, uh, although he is currently in Scotland. Uh, so that will be a kind of a remote hearing, but uh, hearing this uh, because uh, the, this judicial review uh, is lodged by uh, what we call the king of JR. He has been lodging uh, judicial reviews uh, over the years, and many unsuccessful. And then, but this one, uh, it seems that there's some substance in the application. And uh, after the the hearing in the morning, the the hearing judge made a decision with uh, 12 pages long. Uh, detailing the uh, the basis of grounds for his uh, granting of the interim injunction. And uh, reading this, uh, you see he has some thought about it. And he knows about the situation in Hong Kong, uh, that uh, we have a very high vaccination rate, 90 uh, percent uh, with two jabs and 75 percent with uh, three jabs. So so he, he knows the situation, so uh, in, in this situation he has to consider whether this uh, policy affecting 20,000 people who may or may not be able to get another exemption that uh, uh, might be affected. So the granting of injuring, uh, injuring injunction is is, uh, is reasonable in the sense. But uh, after nine days there's, there will be a substantive hearing. We don't know what will happen. Uh, We we hope that the government will will be prepared to to, um, uh, show us that uh, why this uh, policy, why this decision uh, is um, justified in all sense, uh, not to mention the legal way.
5: I mean, it does seem a little weird, doesn't it? I mean, like the government has programs where engineers can sign off the, on, the, uh, on, on whether or not a building is compliant with regulations. Here, but, but, you know, if there's ever a problem or somebody's seen to take a bribe, uh, you prosecute them one by one. But here we've got mass fraud. Well, <laughs> and I don't um, think that – are they going to have to go back and prosecute each one of these 20,000 cases one by one as individual well, cases of fraud?
9: It seems they, they brought one doctor to court already. With the yeah. charge mm-hmm. right uh, with uh, six others there's no prosecution yet um, what well, they were they were only arrest uh, but one is uh, currently out of Hong Kong as I understand um, so um we, we don't know what would happen I mean if if the government decision is to invalidate those 20,000 certificates and ended up the, the, the criminal court to find uh, the seven doctors not guilty there'll be a very embarrassing situation
5: I mean, presumably the patients might, might they be able to, I mean, and, and, you know, I'm I'm asking to tap into your, your uh, background as a solicitor, Alex, could, could the patients mount a defense of, I didn't know if the doctor signed off, I guess I thought it was, you know, an appropriate procedure to get a medical exemption certificate, whereas clearly the doctors knew that they were supposed to see people, but could, could patients mount a defense of, I thought it was fine, I thought it was how it was done.
9: Well, as to whether you have a defence, uh, you you have to uh, well, as defendant, you don't have to prove that you are innocent. Uh, this is what uh, we have, uh, you know, in Hong Kong. You sure. don't have to prove your innocence, first of all, and, and secondly, um, it, it depends on whether you know after the arrest, because there's there, there are arrests made uh, not only to doctors but also uh, people who receive this uh, examination certificate. So it, it really matters whether after the arrest they make confession or they remain silent, or what evidence they offer to the police, or what uh, evidence police have in hand to to, uh, make prosecution. Um, So it it really depends, but I can tell you for sure that in one of the uh, 20,000 cases, uh, he came to me and sought help for uh, the situation. Uh, He has a terminal disease, and he really needs this uh, exemption letter, and I managed to get another doctor to issue one uh, for him. Sure. So that was a very short consultation. He produced his uh, medical record. The doctor checked his, uh, you know, electronic record on, on uh, the internet, and uh, within five ten minutes, he issued another examination certificate to, to him. Sure. But but after after this case, I referred another, you know, patient to, to him, and now he, he refused to to take this case uh, anymore. So I think that's a uh, uh you know scenario that's uh why we have uh, twenty thousand people they 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 they, they rent to the seven doctors paying a high price some some set uh five thousand dollars for exemption certificate because there's a, a situation where it is almost impossible uh to get a doctor in Hong Kong to issue an exemption certificate mm-hmm. uh if you call a doctor or clinic asking for this they would just. You know,
5: uh, not my business. Cut the
9: line. Uh, you know, we're oh, we are not doing this. Right. You, they 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 haven't even asked uh, your situation, whether you are qualified or you you are apparently qualified. And oh yes, please come. They they basically cut off the line and, and you know not providing the service. Too much That's risk. The, the scenario we have. We we uh, I understand that some media try to obtain the figure from the the public sector as to how many uh, exemption letters were, were were issued by the uh, public hospitals or public clinics, no data.
5: Right. So they they so don't I, really I, know how many are out there.
9: Yeah, but because um, those seeking uh, help from me told, told me almost the same story that uh, they used to have the sale exemption certificate from the private sector or public sector, but eventually they are reluctant to do this. Uh, uh, it, uh, in particular, in the public hospital, they they, they actually told told one of uh, those who who, who um, contacted us that uh, they are they are now unwilling to to issue exemptions for the case anymore because the, if so, they, they, their boss will be not happy about this. Right.
6: right. And is it now much harder to to get a medical exemption? I mean, now I mean After with, the, with all these uh, alleged fraud cases.
9: Yes. Yes. Indeed. Right. And and because a part- uh, One thing I have to mention that uh, with, with this uh, 20,000 people who got the exemption letter from the same doctors, actually there are another 20,000 people who got the exemption letter from other doctors or other clinics so I think they, they, they are basically facing the same situation when their exemption letter is going to expire, they will be in difficult position to obtain uh, another exemption certificate
5: How long are the exemption certificates good for? I didn't realize Usually, they had an expiry date
9: yeah, usually three months, Oh, just in three months? in some cases there will be six months. According to the government council uh, in court yesterday, that uh, the majority will be three months. So you're expecting people outside the seven doctors will be, um, you know, uh, facing a situation that we have um, unable to get a, you know, or difficult to get a doctor and, but, the really se- new.
5: but the seven doctors could have been having repeat repeat business from the same patients and really racking it in get <laughs> it in. Wow. OK.
3: Well, we don't know. But
9: at least I, I, I have one of them and, and he's qualified. He's, uh, he's uh, uh, qualified to, to take this uh, examination certificate. Mm. So how can you prove that uh, all you know, uh, 20,000 people with the certificate is about the seven uh, letters are fraud cases? One by one. Yeah. All right,
6: Mr. Lam, we'll have to leave it here for now. Thanks again for joining us this morning. That's uh, Alex Lam, the chairman of Hong Kong Patients Voices. Many thanks also to uh, Andrew Work Yay. and our producer Yuki. Now, here's the weather. Fine and very dry during the day with a top temperature of around 29 degrees, wind moderate to fresh northeasterlies, and the outlook cloudier tomorrow, windy early next week. The red fire danger warning is currently in force, and the temperature right now is 23 degrees, relative humidity 45%.
7: The Transport Department is holding the Travel Characteristics
5: Survey 2022 from September to December. Those selected will receive a letter and can respond via online questionnaire, telephone interview, or face-to-face interview. Survey officers will wear a uniform and carry name tags for face-to-face interviews.
7: All information collected will be kept confidential. Take part and help enhance the commuting experience.